Thank you for listening to Knocking Doors Down, brought to you by KDD Media Company. I actually got arrested twice in 24 hours in New Orleans. I, I went down there for Mardi Gras, and I see this big Irish cop, and I go up to him and I say, hey, what, what can I actually get busted for here? I, I, I want to stay out of trouble. He says, don't piss in my streets and don't fight in my streets. So under the influence of a lot of uh, hurricanes and beers and some ecstasy and coke, what two things do you think this knucklehead got arrested for? Support for Knocking Doors Down is brought to you by Manscaped. Who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KDD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code KDD. Your balls will thank you. Inside the 5150 Studios, this is Knocking Doors Down. Your host, Jason Lachance, here along with my co-host, Mikey Naraki. What is going on, everybody? I come from a background of alcoholism, some uh, trauma in the area of uh, sexual abuse, as well as going through a divorce, some very hard financial times. But hey, taking all those experiences, turned them around, shared my story, and uh, turned it into an advantage of being able to do this podcast, along with Mr. Naraki, who's been through some struggles himself. Yeah, been through uh, cocaine and all that partying good stuff. But you know what? We're here now, and we're better. That's, that's what's important. That's right. And our guest is one of those examples today. Greg Champion, and he really is. Greg Champion, man. I love the name. He'll explain his name, and it gets even better when he does. Overall, good person to talk to. Really enjoyed this one. Yeah, this is this one is an expert right here. Not only inspirational for those seeking recovery, in recovery, maybe you have a loved one who uh, has struggles with addiction. He'll help you understand a little bit more. But he's just plain inspirational and motivational with a great sense of humor as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll get into Greg Champion here in just a second. We can't uh, do this without our sponsor, 5150. Uh, check it out. All the apparel that you see Mikey and myself wearing in all of our social media postings is uh, all part and because of our sponsor, 5150. Check them out at 5150ltm.com or click the link in the podcast bio right now and uh, get yourself some of the gear. Let's get into it. Welcoming to Knocking Doors Down, Greg Champion. How are you, good sir? I'm wonderful, Jason. How you doing, Mikey? Doing it's great well. to be here. I'm so glad you guys invited me onto your podcast. Yes, uh, you know, of course, Greg. A little bit of a bra- background. Uh, you, you know, you're a branding expert, working with top consumer brands, major television networks, professional sports teams, all that over the last 15 years. But of course, the thing that uh, maybe most proud of over 20 years now in recovery and sobriety. Yep. I just, this past November, I celebrated uh, 26 years sober. Wow, My sobriety date's 11-7-1994. And, you know, guys, in sobriety, we learn to keep things simple. So when it was time to marry my wife, my my marriage date is 7-11. So I... I, (laughs) So, you know, that way I won't forget the two most important dates in my, in my, in my life. Mm. So, but uh, thank you for that uh, acknowledgement. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, had a nice career in in Hollywood. Um, I I worked my way up from a PA to a writer, to a, to an associate producer, to an executive producer, Um, owned my own company for a while. My, my clients at the time were Doritos and Barbie and Gap. Um, And all of it I owe to sobriety because um, two years into my sobriety in Hollywood, um, I I sort of came up with a mantra called shifting addiction to passion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what I felt was I was in my mid twenties and a lot of my friends were still drinking and using. And so they would say, let's go out on Thursday night. Let's go out on Thursday night. And you know what? I would stay in and I would work on my scripts or I'd work on my pitches. And then on Saturday mornings, by us being sober, guess what? We have the gift of not being hung over, right? right? right. So oh. I would get into the office at eight in the morning and I would use um, the, the company's printing machines and their computers to print out my scripts and mailing. And so basically guys, in a very short amount of time, I would take those four hours on Thursday nights and those four hours on Saturday mornings. And if you do that 52 weeks, you're gonna have a company built. You're gonna have a brand built. You're gonna have some scripts sold. And that's what I felt was my magic was, was I was able to, to, to use the hours I used to waste with drugs and alcohol and shift that those hours to my passion, which was creativity and, and writing and sort of climbing the ladder in the Hollywood game. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's interesting you talk about that, Greg, because I know for me, 
Um, once I started to get more long-term into sobriety, I noticed more dollars and cents in my bank account. And ironically, having um, uh, remembering moments where you know I was feeling that bad for booze that I was cou- counting change because that's all I had and my bank account was at zero and going into the store and counting it out so I could get two tall cans or whatever else it was. And um, you know, this morning I'm now I'm checking my investment portfolio and seeing not dollars and cents, but thousands of dollars and cents. You know, and uh, really changing yep. that mentality to to build something because um, you know you're a prime example of that. Uh, you know, like you said, the wife, a family man, uh, three kids. Yeah, two, two girls, two girls. Okay, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, unfortunately. Uh, I didn't have the same view when I was in Hollywood because I was deep into the partying. So I woke up many days more than not hungover or, you know, looking for another bag. And another unfortunate, Charlie Sheen himself told me we're kind of screwed in the Hollywood game if we have tattoos. So that was kind of a shot. <laughs> he said, stay off the crack and stay off the tattoos. And I was like, well, I'm off crack. Yeah. But no, no pipe, no ink. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about how you even got into uh, your addiction. I, I find it all, Greg, that I don't know about the countless of people that you work with. I know for me, a lot of it related to my childhood. Yeah. Um, Jason, 100%. There, there's a great um, wise doctor up in Canada named Dr. Gabor Mate. And uh, if you guys don't know him, please look him up. He, he really does say, it comes down to this, that, that if, you, if you show me an addict, I show you someone who's had childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some sort of trauma or pain that happened along the way. And so, if you guys allow me to tell my story and I'll try to tell it as fast as I can, but please, um, it really started when I was four and a half years old. Um, my father was killed in a drunk on drunk car crash. And so I woke up that morning and, you know, to to not having a father. Um, and I felt different. Um, I, I, I was being raised by a single mom. All the other kids had dads. There was two cars in the garages. There certainly is a financial element mm-hmm. by having a, a mom bring in income in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, and so I felt that. And, and um, so for that being five years old, six years old, seven years old, this is how I dealt with it. I, I, I got great grades because I, if I couldn't beat you by not having a dad, I'm going to show you having a great grades. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also fairly good on the athletic field. So I was going to beat you there. I was the fastest kid in my class. You know, and you know, the fastest kid always gets picked first or second, no matter what the sport is. Right. right. But here's the, here's the scary part, guys. I, I was a bully. Mm-hmm. I used violence. Um, I know Jason's like you, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I, I, but, that, but, but that's, that's, I had to get my rage out. Sure. I, I thought life was unfair. And um, so I had those three things swirling around for me. And, and what's crazy is um, I found out that I love shortcuts. And so I ended up in the, um, the uh, principal's office a lot. And I would, they would say, hey, Greg, I need you to write 200 times. I will not talk in class. And so on the chalkboard, I would write, I, 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 whoa, 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 no, 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 talk in class, right? And the thing is, I'm doing the work, but I'm not getting the message, you know? And, and, and that, that followed me for a long time, being a shortcut guy who was doing the work, but not getting the message. Mm-hmm. Um, before we got on today, Eric, I mean, I'm sorry, Jason, you alluded to childhood trauma. I had, I had some sexual abuse when I was eight, nine years old. A, a neighbor took advantage and, um, and my body went into shock, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I was confused. Um, I was uh, full of shame, full of shame. And... Um, and so I, I and what I want to say to men that are out there, email me, text me, text Jason. We will talk to you. I think that the power of, of getting rid of that shame, Jason and Mikey, is putting your hand in the air and telling your story. Yeah. Um, what happened for me is I kept that in for a long, long time. And what helped me was um, I happen to know a famous boxer by the name of Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> yeah. Who is, who is sober, who's sober. He is a prince of a man. And I remember one day I'm, I'm in, a, in a meeting and he raises his hand and he tells his story of a coach being, uh, uh, being inappropriate with him. And I look over there and I go, well, if the champ can tell his story, I can tell my story. Sure. And so I went over to Ray and I said, Ray, can we do breakfast? And we went out to breakfast and I said, Ray, I have not told this story in my whole adult life, but I'm going to tell it to you because you just told yours. And by telling him, I've been able to tell it to everybody 
because I want someone to put their hand in the air and go, it wasn't my fault, right? I shouldn't feel shame. And there's solutions of how to get out of that because I know for a fact that part of my drinking and drugging was keeping those secrets down. You could not find out about that stuff. And so I would, you know, get to the keg or I would get to the the bong or I'd get to the the line of Coke and I would just medicate out. Um, And then um, my mom remarried um, when I was 10 years old and she married a guy who was a World War II vet. He was uh, there on D-Day. So if you've seen Saving Private Ryan, he is, he's that, yeah. he's that guy, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and they're called the greatest generation for a reason, right? Yes. And, um, and so uh, his name is Walt Janicki. He um, took the GI Bill, went to Northwestern, and he got a, a degree in engineering. He um, married my mom. And here's the best part. He loved my mom. And I needed someone to love my mom. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, absolutely. Because um, I love my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. I'm a huge so, uh, mama's boy myself. Yep. Right. So, absolutely. Yeah, so, mama's yeah. boys all the way around I, here. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm a mama's boy. You guys, we're mama's boys. Who can't, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll see you out in the alley if you have any problem with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For sure. So, For sure. Um, and so. And here's the other cool thing is he, he taught me how to tie a tie, shave my face, open doors for women. And he brought t- 17 years of AA sobriety into our home. I'll be damned. You know? And that was great. And I loved having a dad. He showed up for my football games and my little league games. I mean, it was, it was great. But then 13 happened. And I don't know about you, but I know many of us took our first drink or drug right around 12 or 13, 14 years old. And sure. I certainly fell into that group. And so all of a sudden I'm living in San Diego. I'm right next to Tijuana. And all of a sudden we got fake IDs and we started going across the border to Tijuana. And here I was a 13, 14, 15 year old pretending to be an adult. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yeah. And I was doing, I was drinking a lot, smoking a lot of pot and doing a lot of cocaine, chasing girls. And guess what? My grades went down. Being a great athlete wasn't no longer a priority. I just wanted to show you that I was the best drinker or I could blow the, I could blow the biggest bong hit or do the longest line. Right. Mm -hmm. Stupid, stupid achievements that I wanted. Right. And um, again, the disease of alcoholism and the disease of addiction had taken over. But again, Monday through Friday, I went to school and it's only showed up on Fridays and Saturday nights, like most high school kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So then it was time for me to choose a um, college and um, why I have a pretty high IQ, I certainly only had C's to get me into college. <laughs> and, 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 and one college took me. Um, and you may know of it. Um, it's probably Arizona's version of Chico State. It's called Arizona State University. Ironically, <laughs> I went there in 96, so I know. Okay, so Jason, so we are, we are brothers, yep. brothers in arms. Um, and, and, and back then, you know, actually ASU is a very good school these days. They have, they have a great entrepreneurial program, um, a lot of foundations uh, and, and, and scholarships. Um, I know they're doing good work, but back in the 80s, it was the number one party school in the country. And I went there because guess what? It was guys like you that were there, yeah. you know, people who like to party, people who like to, to, you know, spend their parents' credit cards and do debauchery and go to class only half the time, right? And so I, I got out of there uh, with a degree in broadcast journalism. It took me five years um, <laughs> to get out. Um, and But what's really scary is we're taught in America that um, that once you get out of college, it's you enter the real world, you know? Right. And, and, and I did. I entered the real world. And it happened for me the, my, my graduation night. I got my first DUI. Ooh. And um, and I, I, I barely made it to the graduation ceremony the next day you know my parents had no idea i had some guys bail me out um but over the next two years i got arrested seven other times for a total of eight times in two years and um and um the charges were varying they were um, another drunk driving driving with a suspended license i actually got arrested twice in 24 hours in new orleans I, i went down there for mardi gras and i see this big irish cop and I go up to him and I say, hey, what, what can I actually get busted for here? I, I, I want to stay out of trouble. He says, don't piss in my streets and don't fight my streets. So under the influence of a lot of uh, hurricanes and beers and some ecstasy and coke, what two things do you think this knucklehead got arrested for? You fought somebody and then pissed, <laughs> pissed on him. Pissed in the streets. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. 
So good old so, fighting and pissing. <laughs> and so remember, I told you that the, the, the shortcuts was part of my story. And, yeah. and so um, when I got in, when I got my first job, I was working at a local TV station and I was working overnights, you know, 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. And, and you, Jason, I know you have a radio background. You, you once had that shift. I know. Sound, right? Sounds familiar. Yeah. No. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah. It was, so, uh, was the, the 10 AM uh, or 10 PM. We had to do a uh, love line live. So you couldn't uh, switch it. Ironically, a person that totally fell into to drinking uh, heavily listened five nights a week to Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla talk to people about drugs and addiction and everything else. But yeah, it was that, that, t- that 10 PM to like three, 3 AM in the morning. Yep. And, um, and so it paid me $19,000 a year. And I was like, wait a minute, you guys promised me a six figure income if I went and got a college degree, right? Yeah. Where is that? I'm, I'm still, I'm still eating top ramen and drinking Mountain Dew, you know, you know? And so, um, uh, as we all know that at 3 AM, um, our, our legitimate friends are all in bed, you know, living normal lives, but our lower companions are out there. Yeah. And I found my lower companions at 3 AM and, um, they suggested, Hey, you, you went to college. I said, yeah. You said, you must have a lot of friends on the East Coast. I do. Well, why don't we start shipping some um, uh, marijuana out to your friends in D.C. and Boston and Connecticut? And I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit. So sure. I chalked this up <laughs> as an entrepreneurial spirit uh, type deal. And we went from two pounds to eight pounds to 16 pounds to eventually 50 pounds per load. Holy shit. And, um, and I ended up getting busted in the airport with 50 pounds of pot. Eesh. And here was a kid who um, went to private Catholic school, had a college degree, had greatest generation parents. You know, uh, Mikey uh, asked me about it. Or last name was Champion, and and I and I'm I'm a fucking drug dealer. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a loser drug dealer, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna embarrass my parents with my headline in the newspaper. And um, more so, I got in front of this judge, and he says, "Hey, I'm looking at you. You seem like a pretty decent kid. What happened?" And I think all of us would agree. I uttered these three words. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Because when I was drug dealing, guys, I had to drink six double cranberry and vodkas. I had to do two lines of Coke, a couple uh, hits off the bong. I had to be so medicated to get on that plane because I had so much shame. Yeah. You know, what? what is a good kid doing this? You know, yeah. but, but I, I just couldn't under, I, I had to become that animal, you know, and um and I was this animal who went and did that and then tried to put up a good white picket fence per guy uh, during the daytime. Yeah. Well, guess what? The universe is going to catch up with you because I don't know about you, but any drug leader I know it ends in two ways, prison or death. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Right? Exactly. Right? And it's interesting so, to point that out there too, yeah, Greg, really talking about, um, uh, you know, people can hear it. We talked about it heavily in the Charlie Sheen episode and was very fili- familiar to me where he talked about that playing different roles for different people, which sounds like, you know, you're doing, you're sober. You get up there in front of the judge, this one thing, the drug dealer, this one thing at work, this in front of your parents. It's it's all these different roles that you're playing and none of it is truly you. Oh, it, it's, it, it's you, you hit it right on the spot. I think one that the, the greatest gifts we can give ourselves in recovery is self-awareness. You, you have to be self-aware before you can take that that embodiment out into the world. Um, and so I, I give you one little story. I used to meet my mom in Vegas um, for a, a mother-son weekend, right? And I can remember at 8 o'clock, we'd go to the buffet. I would I would eat spaghetti and garlic bread with her and drink milk, right? I'd tuck her in bed at 9 o'clock, and then I, I would go on a all-nighter, you know? And... Um, and I, I was able to play that good son in front of her, yeah. but at night I was an animal, you know? So I get in front of this judge and he says to me, well, here's what I do know, son. If I see you in my courtroom in the next six months, I'm going to give you the five years hanging over your head. And um, so 18 days later, I'm in my little sports car driving around La Jolla. I'm on, I'm on my way to the party of the year. Um, and, and gentlemen, I think by now, you know, that I've lost all my high school friends by now, all my college friends, no one wants to be around this scumbag. And so I'm going to party the year where I don't know anybody. Um, but I arrive with six beers in me, um, a, a couple, uh, joints that I've smoked along the way. And I have a couple uh, this is old school word guys, bindles of Coke in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> a what? No, <laughs> Google it, kids. Yeah. Google it. Uh, <laughs> um, 
And I walk in and I see a guy like Mikey walk over to me 10 minutes in and, and, and he goes, hey, you got any blow on you? I'm a people pleaser. Sure. I, I, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Down the stairs, into my car. I pull out my Duran Duran CD case, right? This is the early 90s. And guys, please don't judge my my, my music. You know, um, <laughs> Duran Duran's got some good stuff. Come I wasn't going to well, say and anything. They do. And, 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 <laughs> think about it, and you think about it. If, if, if it's the case you're using for Coke, you probably are not really into that album anyway. Because you're, you're true. using, you know, you're, yeah, yeah, true, yeah. true. So, so um, and um, and so I chop up a couple of lines. I, I present it like this, and out of out of his line of sight comes in San Diego Police Department. Oh, oh shit. shit. And all of a sudden that demoralization that comes over us when once again, we have fucked up. Yeah. We can cuss on here. Can't we? Absolutely. Yep. We do. Okay. <laughs> okay. I guess I already did. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and so what happens guys is I wake up the next morning in, in a jail cell on the cold floor. I'm in the fetal position and, um, and I know I'm done. I, I mean, before you guys take a look at me, I had blonde curly hair. I was a rugged guy. Like, like, I'm me in prison for five years is, is, is I'm going to be someone's pretty little girl for, so, you know, I have, you know, I, I, you know and I've, I've watched enough prison movies to see what the hell goes down, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> um, so, so I, I'm really demoralized and, and, and all of a sudden I, I, I hear a voice in the cell go, Greg, there's a better way. Greg, mm. there's a better way. And I, I open my eyes. I look around. There's no one around. And then the voice says, call your mother, call my mother. I'm, I'm a big, bad drug dealer. The last person I'm going to call is my mother, my mommy, you know, yeah. but more so I can't call my mom. She's in her sixties. She's retired. I, I can't tell her her son's going to go to, to uh, prison for five years. Right. And, um, and so I do call her though. And here's what she says. And, 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 and Mikey, I know that your mom calls you, Michael. My mom calls me Gregory. You know, they always use a formal <laughs> name, right? <laughs> Gregory. <laughs> surprisingly no i'm mikey all the way around from everybody that's just okay. because you okay. and your dad have the same name. we have the that's same right. name okay. yeah got it okay but i get what you're saying cool. but i get what you're you saying get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. gregory i i want you to go to church you want me to go to church yeah, yeah i want you to go to church and so i get bailed out and at that night uh at six o'clock on a sunday mass i went to, to church and the priest says hey after mass we're going to have confession and uh, I have three priests over here and I have three priests over here. Pick a, pick a door and, and, and give your confession away. And here's my thinking, because again, I'm in animal mode. Right. Um, my thinking is this. If I go confess, I can go out tonight. Oh yeah. Mm. Sounds totally familiar. I can, I can go out tonight. And luckily I chose door number two and I went into this room and there was this beautiful older man. He kind of looked like Ronald Reagan with gray hair and he had lightning blue eyes and he had an Irish accent. I won't do an Irish accent for you because it'll be brutal. Oh, Gregory, um, go ahead and confess. Okay, Jason, how about you play the role? <laughs> All right. Tell, tell us your story there, lad. Yeah. Uh, uh, t- 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 tell me your sins. Give me, give me, yeah. give me that. Go ahead and tell yeah. me your sins. Tell me your sins, Gregory. Okay, perfect. So <laughs> I, say, I say, Father, um, when I smoke a lot of pot, I show up on Christmas on December 27th. When I uh, uh, drink a lot, I go into bars and I hurt people. And when I do a lot of cocaine, I date, I date three women at the same time and they have no idea I'm doing that. And when I do all three, I fly large amounts of marijuana to the East Coast. And he says, stop, stop, son. I said, why? He says, do you think you have a problem with drugs and alcohol? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no. Hadn't crossed because, my mind. <laughs> right? Yeah, no. Uh, you know, meanwhile, I, I've just looked back over the last two years and, and I've been arrested eight times. And the two things that are in common are Greg plus drugs and alcohol. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but, but, but that's, that's what we do. We lie. We're so yeah. quick to lie. You know, we're liars, we're cheaters, we're thieves. And, and so, but I, I did what we do and I, and I, and I do want to reference AA in here. Um, we do what we call an A, the AA pause. I pause when agitated. Mm-hmm. And I said, Father, it's so funny. You're the second man to ever ask me that question. He says, well, who was the first? And I said, my stepfather. He goes, what was your stepfather's name? I said, Walt Janicki. The priest leans over, grabs my hand, and he says, I was Walt Janicki's first sponsor. Wow. Huh. He gave me the chills, right? I, the camera can't pick that up, but. <laughs> and, and, and guys, I've been telling that, I've been telling that uh, story for 26 years, and every time I get to that moment, I tear up because – 
I am so blessed by a higher power to create that moment for me to go, Greg, you better listen to what this guy tells you or you're going to end up in the fucking grave. Yeah. And it's that simple. And so in this little confessional, in this little church in San Diego, here's what he told me. He says, your sins don't belong here. They belong four blocks up at the Alano Club, and there happens to be an AA meeting starting at 7.30, and I think you should go. And so before I went, he gave me his phone number and a piece of paper. I put it in my pocket, went down that meeting, and I went. And that was 11-7-1994. Hmm. I went to my first 12-step meeting. And, um, and, uh, and, and again, for those who don't know what goes on in there, th there's the plastic cakes, there's the chips, yeah. there's the holding of hands, there is um, the sharing. And, um, you know, I, I just sat there numb. Um, the next morning I went to his office and I, uh, and I opened up the piece of paper and his name is Father Bill Wilson, the same name as our founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. Huh. And I was just another God shot, as I like to call him, God shots to say, Greg, you're on the right path. And so Father Bill became my sponsor. He became my Eskimo. He told me, he says, I want you to do three things. And these same three things is what I do with anybody new to recovery. He says, Greg, I want you to stop using drugs and alcohol. Um, we don't drink or use no matter what. Number two, I want you to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. And I said, good. So does the judge. And last but not least, I want you to take boxing lessons. Boxing lessons. He's like, yeah, because when you do the first two, you're going to have so much resentment and anger. You're going to have to put it somewhere. Huh. And so when I talk to a young person who I'm mentoring or I'm sponsoring, I tell them the same thing. We don't drink or use no matter what. We go to 90 meetings in 90 days and take some form of exercise. Sweat that out. You got to get you got to get it out because it, it, it's part of, of, the, of, the, of the journey. And um, and before I left his office, he says, you look really scared. I said, I am. I'm facing five years in prison. And he says, I'm going to make a promise to you, Greg. I'm going to do this right. Greg plus drugs and alcohol equals jail. Take drugs and alcohol out of the equation and you won't go to jail. More with Greg Champion coming up. We'll talk about what is an it factor, plus what is a digital scrub and how can it help anyone? And we'll wrap it up with random questions. Valentine's Day is upon us, fellas. Make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Hey, we've all been there where, you know, stuff's about ready to go down, but you're not sure if your family jewels are quite ready for the situation. And let's be real, we've smelt the worst down there before. That's why I'm thankful for their Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep our boys from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what I mean. Are you saying hibbity dibbity? That's what I'm talking about. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code KDD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code KDD. Happy Valentine's Day from Manscaped. The Knockin' Doors Down book shares all the history and inspiration behind the Carlos Vieira Foundation and how it all started. All proceeds from the book benefit the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug-Free campaign. So what's that all about? Through the Race to Be Drug-Free campaign, Carlos Vieira Foundation raises awareness about drug abuse, donates to drug-free programs, and brings drug-free speakers into schools to educate youth. The Race to Be Drug-Free campaign's main program is the Gloves Not Drugs boxing program. This program is completely free for kids between the ages of 8 and 17 to learn discipline, strength, respect, camaraderie, and the art of boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. The program was created to keep kids off the streets, out of gangs, and away from drugs. For more info and to get involved, check out carlosvierafoundation.org. So Mikey and Jason, in 26 years of sobriety, how many times have I been to jail? I'm going to guess a big donut. I'm going to go with zero. Donut, zero. Yeah. I'm going to go with zero. Yes. And so that's another thing I tell people. I say, look, drugs and alcohol plus you equals bankruptcy or bad marriage or something, you know, over here. Take drugs and alcohol out and I'll make you the same promise that, that whatever that version of jail is will go away. Um, and so that's my story in terms of how I got sober and, uh, you know, I'll just shut up for a minute. And you guys ask me because, <laughs> well, because, 
It, it's it, it's interesting you bring that up. I know when I've referred back to some of the writing I did was often talking about alcohol. I I got arrested twice, once only where I was actually booked, went into a held, holding cell, and I think it was less than 24 hours or something. But the misery of addiction, that prison, is far worse than that experience I had in that, that 24 hours of being in there. Um, so it's interesting you talk about that of, you know, incarceration and maybe people that are listening that have a loved one that's struggling with addiction. You don't realize if you need a metaphor, it is a fucking yep. prison. It's a prison yep. in your mind, yep. in the reality that you're living that you can't even connect the dots to. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, wow. Your story just I'm still with the, the priest getting the chills <laughs> about your that. stepdad's first sponsor. Yeah, that's that's just wow. insanity insanity yeah. so when yeah. you and what's and what's cool about that is um you know i was raised catholic you know i was yeah. raised with the with the god on the white cloud and the white beard and the lightning bolt oh, right yeah. and, and and my mom said go to church and and this man of the cloth pointed me to a, a 12-step program that does present you know a higher power you know um you know the universe right and i have a whole different perspective of of, of god and a higher power here's my version of higher power is whatever i put out in the world i get back yeah. And, and 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 guess what? There are there's a sun and a bunch of planets in the air that have not moved in a long time. They they're in the same orbit for billions of years. <laughs> Someone put them there, right? Uh, yeah. I also give this to you guys. Think about this. Has man ever been able to conquer mother nature? Have yeah. we ever been able to stop an earthquake, uh, a, a tornado, right? Uh, a, a, a tsunami, right? We can't, right? So there's some force greater than us. And whatever that is in Star Wars, may the force fucking be with you, right? You know, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like there's something out there, right, guys? And so um, I know in my prior life, I was putting out bad juju. And guess what? Bad juju came back. In Absolutely. my now life, I put out good juju. And I and I am really blessed with a lot of good ju juju coming back to me. Yeah. And it's, it's just a sign that for anyone that's out there struggling that, you know, it's never too late to turn shit around. Not at any yep. point in your life. Not at any point in your life. We'll be back with more with Greg Champion. We'll talk about what is an it factor, what is a digital scrub, and how can it help anyone, plus random questions. We'll be back with more more with Greg Champion coming up. We'll talk about what is an it factor, plus what is a digital scrub, and how can it help anyone. Also, more random questions. Also, random questions. And we'll wrap it up with random questions. Um, you were talking uh, the, the prior to us recording, discovering your it factor. And we yeah. were talking about your name, Champion, by definition. And, yeah. and living up to that, you know, mine's the chance. It's like means lucky or something in French. I don't know. <laughs> I'm but, the Rocky. <laughs> it's, it's Polish. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, but you have, a, a you know, the name Champion and, and kind yeah. of living up to that. Um, but talk about discovering your it factor and how it yeah, kind of related so to your name. Yeah. So for, for uh, much of my story is, um, is, you know, you're born with that last name and people, Oh, it's a great last name. I want a name like that. And, and I really put the pressure on myself to live up, to be a champion every day. And it is impossible. It, it's, it, it's these people who have perfectionism problems, you know, I, it, it, you're never going to be perfect. And, and trying to live up to that name, um, really, um, put me behind the eight ball. And I do think it's part of the reason why I drank and used, um, you know, I wanted to become a loser, you know, yeah. this be that, you know, and I certainly became one. Become you know? the best one you can, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, 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 um, and so what happened was about five years ago, I, I really um, changed careers and um, was asked to become a recovery coach based upon all my life experiences. And, and I really took, I said, man, what, what is my it factor? You know, some people like LeBron James, you know, he has his it factor and Tiger Woods has his app with it factor. Um, what, what is mine? And I, and I remember that people always remember my last name. They never remember my first name, but they always remember. There's that champion guy or, or, or champ or whatever. So I thought, okay, that, that's my it factor. But I went and looked it up in, in the Webster's Dictionary. And you know, obviously the first definition is winner, someone who's victorious, right? But then I looked at the second one. And the second definition is someone who champions a cause or is a mentor. And Jason and Mikey, that is me. Uh, if you guys have me, you guys want me to rally around knocking doors down and Carlos's book 
or your podcast, I'm going to champion your cause. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that I've done just naturally through all my um, different jobs and careers is I've mentored tons of kids to their first and second job. I have mentored a lot of young people to recovery. And here I am living up finally to that last name champion. It just happens to be the second definition you would find in Webster's Dictionary. So, so God does have a plan for me, and I'm in, I'm in acceptance of that role. And, um, you know, and it comes very easy to me. I, I really do like coaching people. I like mentoring people. Um, I like being what we call a program of attraction, sure. you know. Um, as you see over my shoulder here, you see my family and, and some, some accolades here. That's all because of, of my recovery, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and being in the middle of the boat. I always say, let's get in the middle of the boat. We'll row together and let God be the rudder. Yeah. Got to have someone steer in that direction, right? Because uh, yeah. when we chose it, it sure as shit didn't go too well. No. Greg, I got to ask, show. I gotta ask <laughs> you, what, what what presented the it factor? Who who planted that seed? In, like, who first taught you about the it factor? Okay. So so what happened, Mikey? I, I was sitting, uh, I was speaking at an AA meeting mm-hmm. uh, five, five years ago, and I was just telling my experience, strength, and hope, and I was saying, you know, I told my story that you guys just heard. I told a little bit about my my um, Hollywood career and working mm-hmm. with big brands. I told about um, mentoring a lot of people mm-hmm. and um, uh, the um, brand gear. Oh, and then then I also was uh, able to teach entrepreneurship at USC. Mm-hmm. All right. And so this woman comes up. She's about seven years old. She kind of looks like a a female version of Yoda. She's got all the the spirituality about her, right? And I'm looking down at her and and she's she's one of these women who's like four foot nine, but has a ton of energy coming at you. Right. And she says, you should be a recovery coach. And uh, I said, why? She goes, you have all these tools to give away to people, you know? And what I did was um, I went and listened to a podcast uh, on about Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. And when Steve Jobs was developing his um, companies, Apple and all that stuff, and the pod, you know, the iPod and the iPad and um, you know Pixar, he always would ask anybody trying to pitch him an idea, what's your it factor? What distinguishes you away from the rest of the companies or the rest of the people? And I go, what is that it factor? And I started doing research and it really is when, when companies go up to Silicon Valley and pitch venture capitalists, the venture capitalists will ask, hey, what distinguishes you from the rest of the people I'm seeing for money? Right. What is your it factor? And all I did is to take it from a company standpoint, I put it on me because as you know, with Instagram and Facebook, we're all a brand these days. Yeah. And so yeah. it was really this little Yoda woman got me going on it. I did a little research with one of these godfathers known as Steve Jobs. And before you know it, um, I put it out there, and then uh, TEDx asked, asked me to do a talk on it. And uh, part of that talk you can find on YouTube. That's nice. Cool. Nice. Oh, I yeah. I asked that because my mom, because I know we're all mama's boys here, and I was like, please yeah. tell me your mom told you about it. In fact, because my mom <laughs> told me about it. She okay. was like, that person has the it factor. And I'm like, well, it factor? What does that mean? What are you talking about? She's yeah. like, when they walk into a room, they just have a presence. There's just yep. a presence to them. I don't really know how else to explain it other than the it factor. Like, that person right there, that person, like there's out of a hundred people, there'll be like five of them who just have this presence that everybody just kind of like acknowledges for a quick second. That's the, Some, that's what my mom always me, told me. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So if you think about it, that little, um, uh, Yoda person, she mm-hmm. was, she was kind of an adoptive mom. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, so a mom did deliver that. Yeah. Person. Yeah. But you, you hit it right on the head, Mikey, a person that jumps out to me with the it factor is the rock. Oh, uh, oh for I'm sure. Absolutely. For sure. Fan. Like, Right. I mean, like that's the easiest way to define it. That guy sure. walks in a room and, and it all eyes shift to him. And he has always had that. He yeah, has sure. always had that. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, but what I want to say is we all have a superpower. We all do. And we're put here to to accentuate that superpower. And a lot of the work that I do in the work I do at Startup Recovery, which is where, um, you know, I have two treatment facilities. Um, they're, they're known as transitional homes. Mm-hmm. I also have a, a, a 15 unit apartment building called startup apartments. I have two wonderful partners, Jeffrey Van and Patricia Myers. And in a very short amount of time, we built up this nice um, recovery brand um, that delivers on its promise. We want to uh, have, we want you to have a transformational experience. We want you to walk in broken, hurt in pain and shame. And we want you to leave 
with some tools, some spirituality, and, and a community around you that gets you to allow you to push the reset button on your life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, one of the things I work on with people is um, developing what their superpower is, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and we live up to that, that tagline I told you guys about shifting, shifting addiction, addiction to passion. passion. Yeah. And, and I think that the two of you being sober men right there have, have, have done that shift, you know? Um, you know, Jason, what would I, if I said to you, what, what you, what would you consider your superpower? I would think being able to communicate with people, conversation. And probably all different types, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and that's the irony, you know, as a kid, I was the shy kid, the kid that didn't talk or spoke through, uh, character voices or other stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. was uh, better seen, not heard. And then, uh, ironically, you know, for over 20 years to make my living freaking talking to people. So, See, um, I would think yeah. that that's it. I, you know, I have a, I'm not afraid of public speaking and, you know, things of that nature. Um, you know, clearly sharing my story and, um, you know, things of that and probably some empathy in there it takes empathy to, to do this form of communication. Well, let me just ask you, Jason. Did he have empathy when you're out there drugging and drinking? Oh, hell no. Right. Oh, hell no. Mikey, right? I would say for me, my superpower would be spreading positive vibes. And not a lot of people would probably agree with me if I say that, but I think I'm a pretty positive person and I try to give off that energy. Not try, but I feel like I do. Yeah. Well, I, I will say, Mikey, in your emails, they are sweet and simple, but uh-huh. you can tell they're full of positivity. Okay. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. No, so, yeah. I, I'm, I'm vouching for you. I'm vouching I for you. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Pat on the back for Mikey. <laughs> yeah. We love you. Um, yeah. I have to ask, though, what was, it, what was the most interesting thing that you started to learn, um, not only in general, but about yourself going from a mentee to a mentor? Um, well, what I will say is, um, part of my career, um, uh, I got distracted and I was sober in, in Hollywood, but I got distracted, um, by things because I didn't have a mentor, mm-hmm. you know, um, I didn't know what one looked like. I didn't know how to ask for one. Um, and what was crazy is I, I probably, bounced around different jobs, um, definitely was employable, but really didn't do the, the, the nice climb. I was more like plateau, plateau, plateau. No. And then eventually I got, I got a, a mentor by the name of Gary Considine. He was an executive producer at NBC. Yeah, I know the name. And, um, and what I can tell you is that I, I, I've had good bosses and I've had bad bosses. And I've learned more from the bad bosses because I learned what not to do. Right. You know, and, and with Gary, I learned so many good things on how to manage people, um, how to, um, you know, create a, a, a reputation in the industry, um, loyalty, um, fairness. And also, it was crazy. Within a year of having um, Gary as my um, uh, mentor, I had my own company. You know, wow. and, and, yeah. and, and all I did was I went from the mentee to the mentor because now I had to start hiring interns. Right. You know, and what I found was, man, you give someone their first job, right? They they will jump on grenades for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what I and what I would do is I would find these raw people at USC, UCLA, Pepperdine, LMU, um, you know, local LA colleges, and I would give them their first break, and they they worked their butts off, they hustled. Um, and all the things that Gary had taught me, I had taught them. And I'll just give you one scenario. So when we, when the, when the uh, Powerball would get to 100 million, Gary would buy every employee, and we probably had 45 people on staff, buy every employee a five dollar ticket, oh, and he would go, "I hope, I hope I don't see you tomorrow. I hope I don't see you tomorrow. I hope I don't see you tomorrow." And so in my company, I only had about five or six, maybe 10 people. I do the same thing. I get to 100 million. I go, "I hope I don't see you tomorrow. I hope I don't see you tomorrow." Right now. You know, they all showed up the next day because none of us won. <laughs> but, but, you know, you know it, it, it's planting the seed of hope. It's planting the seed of hope. So yep. that's how I made the transition from 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 mentee to mentor. And and I just love mentoring people because here's why: I'm gonna give you, I, I'm gonna show you the mistakes I made so you don't have to. Right. I think it's the greatest gift you can a mentor can do. I'm also gonna open up doors that took me 10, 15, 20 years to open. Right. And so suddenly, if you guys say to me, hey, Greg, we have a screenplay. Do you know anybody? Guess what? Uh, we're going to make some calls on my behalf. 
I'm going to, I'm going to vouch for Mikey and Jason. And you go, meanwhile, if you didn't know me, it would take you a much longer time to get into those doors. So I really think it's, 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 let me show you my mistakes. Um, let me uh, prevent, uh, let me give you guidance on what you should do because a lot of my uh, people I mentor, they have a bunch of projects, right? And what I do is I, I say, okay, let's set up all your projects like this. And I go, here's what you need to do. Instead of pushing them all at the same time, do it this way. Get this one done, get this one done, get this one done. And you watch how all seven of them will get done in a timely fashion. And then the last bit is really opening doors and creating access for people. Yeah, you're right. Right. Yep. No, but uh, exactly what we aim to do here, especially if there's people that are still sitting in denial and maybe listen to one of the episodes and go, ah, that that person's uh, someone I look up to and go, ah, shit, that their story's me, you know. Yep. So passing along. Another thing that you brought up that I that I liked was uh, the term uh, flatliners in life. And I think it's really important to share because maybe help people that maybe if they're not even addiction, but like enjoy listening to this podcast, but they're feeling stuck and just like life yeah. is not moving, changing. Yeah. So um, a few years ago, I was sharing from uh, in a very big meeting and I looked around the room and um, and I remember somebody shared about um, being embarrassed about their chaotic life being in shame of their chaotic life. And I know for me, when I was out there drunk, uh, drinking and drugging, my life was like this, da, 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 you know, job, this, that girl, da, you know, like this, this, da, 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 this. And then when I got into recovery and I found sobriety and I found spirituality and I, I found a, a purpose, uh, my life still had ups and downs for sure. I, I sure. certainly have, have weathered some storms. I've gone through a divorce in sobriety. I, I've gone through the, the Alzheimer's death of my mother. Mm. Uh, my sister committed suicide. Uh, my oldest daughter had open heart surgery all while I was sober, mm. right? I've been hired, I've been fired. And, and so my life has continued to do this. And what I want to tell everybody is that, you know, I have a friend who I grew up with who he went to the same grade school. He went to the same high school. He went to the same uh, college all in, in San Diego. He married in San Diego, had his kids in San Diego and his life has pretty much been in San Diego. And I deem that person to be a flatliner, you know, someone who's just cruising along. Right. And what I encourage everybody who's listening today is that embrace your ups and downs, but have the knowledge that if you're on a peak right now, there's a Valley is going to come. And if you're down in the Valley, you know, a peak's going to come. But more importantly, listen to me when I say this, is I'm a lover of music, I'm a lover of movies, and I'm a lover of books. And what I do know in my 52 years is that no book, no song, um, no movie has ever been written about a flatliner. Yeah. It's always about somebody with an up and down life. So embrace sure. your up and down life. It, 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 makes, you, it makes you have a textured life. Um, and a story to tell and and people tell your story because what i have found and i know what jason and mikey have found is this is that when we tell our story a couple of things happen if we tell a story of, of pain we cut our pain in half if we tell a story of joy we double our joy but what i love when i tell my story in a room of 12 steppers i get the nods yeah well, yeah. yeah i love the nods jason i love the nods you know and so um it, it, that that's that's how I embrace the creativity that comes out of recovery. I, I think that you guys have put together this little media company with books and podcasts and energy drinks, and that all came out of uh, out of sobriety and clarity, right? Yeah. And and I said to you guys earlier, it, you know, we we used to chase drugs at four a.m. in the morning, yeah, with great vigor, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> take that same take that take that same vigor with a good idea and some entrepreneurship behind it, and you, you'll make something out of your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and is it an example that uh, anyone at any point it's it's not too late. You can turn it around. You you just yep. you're gonna have to do the work though. Just like Greg said, if the work was how to get an, another bag or me counting the change just to buy a couple of tall boys, you know, at the end of the night because you're sitting there shaking from the DTs, whatever it is. You can't get it turned around. It's going to take the work, but put that same vigor and passion into that work. Yep, for uh, sure. So, Greg, before we get to, uh, we like to wrap up with some fun, uh, rapid questions. Well, yeah, just questions to answer when when you uh, give it some thought. But mm -hmm. um, the tell us a little bit more about the Recovery Podcast and how people can find you, social media, and so sure. on and so forth. So, so 
What came out of Startup Recovery um, was a coaching curriculum that basically um, does not come out of a book. It comes out of my 26 years of recovery. So, um, and, and basically it's called the recovery playbook. <laughs> and, and, um, and it, um, you know, it's a bunch of uh, different things. So you have the, um, the 10 intentions, is this coming up backwards or frontwards? Oh, we can read yeah, it. Frontwards. You're frontwards. Good. You're good. It has the 10 intentions. It has the post-it, the right to write, the backpack of shame, shifting addiction, you know, the mantra, the digital scrub. You know, guys, you guys got your phone on you right now? Uh, yeah. Mikey do. does. Okay, Mikey. Yes, sir. Here we, here's the digital scrub. We're going to do a play from it. So what, what this is, this recovery playbook, it's 12 plays. I do it in person with clients, right? But also it can be found online, the recovery playbook, dot com backslash get started and so mikey you and i are going to do a digital scrub right now okay right now this came about was um about five years ago i'm going through my phone looking for a newcomer his name is mark and all of a sudden i come across the name marnie now marnie is the girl who broke my heart put me in a fetal position i lost 15 pounds in four days i was calling my mother every 20 minutes right but here's this woman who has not been in my life for 15 years and all of a sudden all that anxiety came back Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the phone going, well, why is she in my phone? I'm married to kids. I, I'm never going to speak to this woman again. So I delete her. And then I begin to go through the phone and I go, oh yeah, that guy's a jerk. I don't need this guy. And I began doing what I call a digital scrub, Mikey. So what I want you to do is go through your phone and anybody who's given you anxiety or maybe has done a bad business deal, or more importantly, Jason, if it's a if it's a woman with, um, let's say, Tiffany Vegas or Stephanie Santa Barbara, <laughs> might want to get rid of those. <laughs> I swear I have names like that in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> you, you fucking nailed him right there. I swear I do. <laughs> okay, I won't uh, name I the names. This is part of the digital scrub, Mikey. Mikey, this is part of the digital scrub. This is this is this is this is getting over to the good side. Uh, so, I, so we want to uh, get rid of. I, I don't have that anymore because I've turned my, my man whore ways around in that one. But boy, when yeah, I was drinking, but, there was. Right. So, so yeah, any any woman with the last name with, the, with a city, you know. Is or like you, the you restaurant or place you met them at yeah, years yeah, ago. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You got it, Mikey. So <laughs> Kim Blonde, <laughs> Kim Burnett. Kim, <laughs> <laughs> Kim hey, Short, Jason, Kim Short. Mikey's gonna make. Hey, we did another hour of the show for this <laughs> yeah. one. No. Hang on, don't go anywhere yet. Let me let me yeah. read some names. No, just <laughs> so you so you get what I'm saying. Absolutely. Mikey. So what happens is, is much of what the recovery playbook guys is 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 I'm sober now. What it's twelve lessons after you've gotten sober to keep you sober. Um, it's career advice. It's life advice. Um, it's getting shame out. Um, it's understanding our core character defects. Right. And, and really working on ourselves in a very positive manner. So the reason why I did the digital scrub there was for two reasons. One, I don't want to, I don't want that anxiety to happen anymore. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also from a, from a karma standpoint, guys, we're carrying these people around with us. Yeah. You know, and I know you guys are big spiritual feel the vibe guys. We don't want these people around anymore. The digital scrub can work in a couple ways. I, I usually do it in three ways. I say, we're going to scrub the phone. Then we're going to go on Instagram and Facebook, and we're going to get rid of our frenemies, right? Mm-hmm. People who we went to high school with, and you think you're friends with them, but they're really jerks, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go on our LinkedIn page and build out our brand. Rebrand yourself um, to what you want the public to be. So it's, it's clean off the phone. Go into Facebook and Instagram and take away the frenemies and then and then on LinkedIn, clean up your brand. And that, that's just one play of the recovery playbook. Um, again, it's the recoveryplaybook.com backslash get started. But um, yeah, we we are finding great um, success in that because it really is life lessons, yeah. Jason and Mikey. It's, you know, I didn't mean to put Mike in the spot, but guess what? He's going to feel a whole lot lighter when he gets rid of some of those um, people. No, no, you're not putting me on the spot at all. I'm, I look forward to doing it. And spe- I just added you on Instagram, by the way. I'll delete everybody else. I'll, I'll you, but I'll delete everybody else. For the most part, all the people that like, you know, like the bad relationships and stuff, I already have them blocked and deleted. So we're already a step ahead there. But I'm definitely seeing some names that I'm like, I don't talk to this I person. Don't like, I don't know who the hell this is. You know what I mean? Like, that's. 
Yeah, so I'm I'll, I'm definitely gonna do that. I will. You have my word. <laughs> well, good, Mike. And my, my my wife has me do something. Uh, she goes, if she, I want you to walk in the closet, and if you haven't worn it in two years, you're gonna get rid of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know I'm what? I'm bad too? about that. My parents, they're both pack rats, man. They're I they they're borderline hoarders. So I'm the complete opposite of that. <laughs> if I haven't worn this in a while, I'm just goodwill bag goodwill bag like i just throw all my stuff in there i've, I've had these shoes forever i'm not gonna wear them goodwill well so. and that's that's a good lesson too because i definitely found that i became a pack rat and i have to become a minimalist because if i have too much shit in front of me I, I get overwhelmed and i've got to pay attention to it all and and no one can do that no one can yep you're right and it's funny yeah, you bring no. up the clothes thing because uh and the dwayne the rock johnson it's I'm a huge pro wrestling fan, so got into him when he started the movies, the whole yeah. thing, and I got lots of his stuff and was doing the cleaning out and purging of things, and it was like, I can't get rid of that. That's my rock shirt. I've had that for 15 years. You know, it's like, ah, oh, there's so well, much. Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I definitely have old T-shirts from college that, that, are, mm -hmm. that are nostalgia, but they go into a bin, they go in the closet, you know, right. and, and when I pass away, my girls are going to go through it and go, what in the hell do you keep this for? You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, all right. So I, I think, guys, you have some random um, um, yep. uh, spitfire questions you're going to throw out at me? Yep. Yes, we do. I'll go ahead and kick it off. So, Greg, if they were to make a movie about you, who would you want to play as yourself? What actor would you cast to play you? That's good Bradley one. Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Love uh, it. Hey, go with the Academy Award winner. Uh, favorite curse word? Motherfucker. Nice. <laughs> That's a good one. That two, is that two or one? <laughs> nah, hey, it still, it still qualifies. Okay. Okay. Um, if you can have dinner with anybody dead or alive, anybody you want in the whole entire world, dead or alive, who would it be? Um, guys, I have to tell you a story because um, th this fits perfectly. So sure, sure. Th this question was asked to me 20 years ago, and I said, and me being kind of a, a self-centered guy i said um you know i would like to have dinner with mother Teresa, princess diana and christy turlington mm. that way i have mother Teresa, the spiritual figure i have princess diana my print my princess mm -hmm. and then i have christy turlington my supermodel mm -hmm. now here's the crazy part i said that and a week later mother Teresa died and princess diana was killed in the tunnel oh wow and when i and the person who asked me a question comes over to my desk and goes, we better get Christy Turlington on the phone. <laughs> so maybe we so, should skip that one. <laughs> so, yeah. No, actually, here's, here's, here's who I'd like to have dinner with, Paul Newman. I, I, I really oh, yeah, Paul love Newman. Paul Newman's life. I, I think he's one of the greatest Americans. Um, what he did with his um, persona and, and Newman's own um, Academy Awards, uh, race car driver, yep. a handsome devil, uh, loyal to the same woman for over 50 years is, is that that's my that's who i need to be doing dinner with yeah that's great should paul we, newman i love it we should contact his people <laughs> paul newman's not alive but... he, he already passed he already <laughs> no, passed I know. Yeah. um favorite hobby favorite hobby uh so here so what's funny of hobbies uh, jason is um when i work with people i say hey what'd you do before drugs and alcohol what'd you do for joy and when that, when that question was asked to me, I said, well, I, I love body surfing, I love skateboarding, and I love mint chocolate chip ice cream from, from Baskin Robbins. Three okay? out of three, dude. Three <laughs> out of so, three. So Mikey, here's the deal. You're gonna come down to LA and we're gonna go do this stuff. Let's so here, do it, man. So, so here's what's crazy, Jason, is that um, I, I skateboard with my two daughters. I body surf, and guess what? Just last night, we went to Baskin Robbins for mint chocolate chip ice cream. So th the same joy and hobbies I had as a 10-year-old, I still now have as a 52-year-old. So that's what I do now. That's let me, awesome. Let me touch I'll, on this. I'll have to skip out on the skateboard part because I'll fall on my fucking face, let, but I'll bring a bike. Let me touch on this. When I go to the beach and we do go on the water, it's not surfing, it's boogie boarding, it's body surfing. We yeah. just had a past guest on our show who had this mint chocolate chip cake, and I'm like, oh my gosh. She brought us a pie. I'm like, you need to bring us that cake because I love mint chip. And I skateboarded for 16 years it's the biggest passion i've ever had in my entire life greg we just became best friends <laughs> we just became best friends. <laughs> I, i'm gonna hashtag you bff on on instagram do it man do, i'll uh, do the same uh all right greg one more here before we ask you to leave uh, everyone with some words of uh, inspiration and encouragement uh what is something about you that people would be surprised to learn um that my first job out of college I was a deep sea fisherman in Alaska. Oh, wow. I'll be damned. Yeah. 
I, 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 uh, I, I drove up to Seattle with a friend who was going to go deep sea fishing. Why I get, I took a job at a, at a TV station. And when I drove up there, the job went away and he goes, Hey, what are you doing for the next three months? I said, nothing. He's like, let's go deep sea fishing. So I got on a trauler and we went up to, to, uh, uh, a place called Dutch Harbor, which yeah. is at the very end of the Aleutians. Yep. And your boy was out in 50 and 100 foot waves. Um, I almost died four times. Jeez. Um, but, you know, it, again, my ism said, go do this, yeah. you know, because I certainly there was there was booze on the on the boat. There was some pot on the boat and I certainly was checking out. But I think people will be shocked that I was out in a, on a in the Alaskan fishing waters uh, trawling for three months. That's cool. Wow, that That's is cool. Awesome. We'll have to hear about that more some other time. Anything yeah. else, Mike, before we leave Greg with the final words? No, I think that's it, man. Let's get the final words going. So, Greg, if you could uh, lend some advice to those out there listening that are either um, seeking recovery, in recovery, or have a loved one um, that is, or even just great life knowledge in, in general, um, what can you share? Well, a couple of things. I'm going to say three things that, and I like quick phrases. I, I see, I think the most, um, three deadly words, uh, in recovery are, I got this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. everybody that I know that ends up in a grave or in rehab or a, a, a retread has uttered those words. Like I got this, you don't, you don't got shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the disease of alcoholism addiction is a 900 pound gorilla and it's not done with you until, until it decides it's done with you. The other thing that I would say is these other five words. I stopped going to meetings. I stopped going to meetings. Whenever I hear someone come back into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, they utter those five words. I stopped going to meetings. And lastly, um, for me, um, what I've learned as a man in recovery is we suit up and we show up, which mm-hmm. means when you guys ask me to be on a podcast, I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. Mikey, if you, if you said to me tomorrow, I have a friend who is in desperate help. Can you help me intervene? I'm going to be there. Because here's why, that's what happened for me. Mm-hmm. People suited up and showed up for me, so I'm gonna suit up and show up for you. It's, it's the greatest step we have is, is the one of service. Mm-hmm. And, and we get to use our superpowers that God has given us or redirected to us um, to go suit up and show up. Mm-hmm. And so what's crazy about this is that I have lectured at USC and UCLA and Arizona State, and I'll get emails from somebody who's not in recovery. These are just college kids. And I always end my speech with, hey, I got a motto for you. You always want to suit up and show up. And so that that has became sort of a, 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 a ringing of the bell, um, both in life, both in entrepreneurship, and certainly in recovery. Mr. Greg Champion, what a good guy. Pretty sure he and I are best friends now. I think so. Yeah. You, you, you both like the uh, skateboarding, the body surfing. And, and- chip. <laughs> yeah, I, I can do the men chip and I can do the uh, body surfing because I, I love it still to this day. But the uh, the skateboarding, no, nah, fall right on it, my man. fucking face. You're just going to have to wait it out. I'll break my nose. We'll come get you when we're done. I'll, I'll take my bike. <laughs> like I said, I'll take my bike. That's how it's going to work. I'll bring you your scooter. <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. That'll work. I'll do do little flips on the scooter. Uh, thank you again, Greg Champion. Really appreciate your time. And, of course, for more on Greg, uh, click his links in the podcast description. Uh, it, just generally motivational, even if you're not someone that, uh, that seeks recovery or has been in recovery, no substance abuse issues or addiction of any kind, uh, still a really motivational and inspirational guy. And a lot of the work he does can just help any individual to continue to uh, improve and enhance their life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mr. Naraki, uh, it's been another good episode. Again, thank you to 5150LTM.com. It's the gear all about living the madness. That means uh, seeking out your passion and living it each and every day to its fullest. We couldn't do this podcast without them. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I'm going home. On that note, keep knocking doors down. Fifty-one fifty is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams, and working hard. Always striving to make those dreams a reality. We believe life's too short to sit back and say, "What if?" Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being fifty-one fifty is committing to that long, hard road ahead that you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's fifty-one fifty. If you're living the fifty-one fifty lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. Listeners of Knocking Doors Down, head over to 5150LTM.com 
That website again, 51FIFTYLTM.com. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the knocking doors down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.